the University of Essex podcast, your non-stop shop to learn about our research, hear genuine student experiences, and to get all your questions answered. Welcome to Understanding University, the ultimate uni podcast. My name is Karina and I'm a collaborative outreach assistant at the University of Essex and I work closely with our Aspire and Aspire Hire programmes. And my name is Katie and I work for the outreach team alongside Karina at the university. If you have any questions about any topics we discuss, please use the hashtag UniUni on Twitter or you can email outreach at essex.ac.uk. When it comes to university, we know that students, parents and guardians have thousands of questions on their minds and sometimes it might be difficult to find the answer. For those who've had previous higher education experience, whether this is going to university yourself or having other children attend university, you may know that information changes year to year. And for those with no previous experience with higher education, we know that it might be a little daunting. But today's episode should clarify a few of the confusing bits. For all of our listeners out there, experienced or not, we'd like you to know that the most important way to support a young person is to be able to discuss options with them and have open conversations. We asked parents and guardians to send in their questions to us so we can answer them all in one handy episode. So we're going to kick off straight away with our first question, which is, Karina, if you so could kindly answer, what is UCAS? So UCAS stands for Universities and Colleges Admission Service. So this is a website which is frequently used by students who are preparing for higher education to apply to up to five universities. UCAS allows you to apply to undergraduate degrees as well as postgraduate degrees. They also provide lots of information on alternative routes such as apprenticeships, internships and even gap years. The website itself provides students and parents and guardians with a variety of information on the university application process, student finance and more. If you would like to find out more, you can simply visit their website or access some of the useful links we have provided in our resources section. On to our next question then. Um, Katie, the question is, do I as a parent or guardian have to do anything during the university application process? So the simple answer is yes. Um, During your young person's application process, it is optional for you to come along to open days or provide support when they are researching their courses or universities. However, as a parent or guardian, you may have to provide some information to support your young person's application. Your young person will have to keep to the deadlines provided by UCAS or their sixth form or college and obtain a reference for their application, write their personal statement and fill out their application. So there isn't anything directly linked to you as a parent or guardian, but you can choose to support them in any of these areas. Your young person will also most likely to complete an application for student finance and student finance will allow your young person to receive two forms of financial support throughout their time at university. The first is a tuition loan and the second is a maintenance loan. Tuition loans are given to cover the cost of education and these are not assessed by household income. However, the maintenance loan, which covers day-to-day costs such as books, food and rent, requires the parent or guardian to provide information of the household income. And this is where you come in. So the process is super simple. And for UK study, you'll get an email with a link to create an account or log in if you have supported a previous application. And this account will be linked to the student's account. So you must ensure you create a separate account. Then you'll have to provide information about your income um, in the previous tax year. 
and then send in any evidence if you're asked for it. After this, Student Finance England will automatically work out how much your young person will receive in their maintenance loan. If you do require any more information about this, you can either visit the government website, which is gov.uk, um, and we'll, we'll, we will put that uh, link in our resources section as well. So following on from this, uh, Karina, will my young person go into debt from going to university? So a student loan enables people to go to university who may otherwise not be able to afford the living costs or tuition fee. Um, it's important to understand that the student loan is different to a bank loan. Currently, students only start repaying the loan once they finished university with typically an eight to nine month gap after graduation and only once they are earning over a certain amount. As well as having to earn over this certain amount, the student will only ever have to pay back 9% of anything over this threshold. So if you only just meet this threshold, this is a small £9 a month. Interest is added and there's no way in denying that the amount does slowly increase. But with these measures in place, students shouldn't need to feel concerned about being in debt. Another bonus is that after 30 years, your student debt gets wiped clean. So other things to mention which make the student loans sort of different from other loans is that it should not affect your credit rating and it shouldn't affect the student's ability to get a mortgage either. Um, actually, Martin Lewis um, explains this so clearly on his TV program. Um, they have a couple on there um, the other day that were asking about university pavements, but um, his handy website, which is www.moneysavingexpert.com is also a great place um, to go to seek sort of more advice in this field. Katie, we've got another question for you, which is how can I financially support my child? Thank you, Karina. Um, this will be different for everyone. So Student Finance England provide a loan for the tuition fee and then another loan to support any additional costs like rent, food, bills, etc. And this is called the maintenance loan. This loan is based on household income. So every student will receive a different amount of money depending on this. It will also change depending on where the student studies as well. So the maintenance loan um, will, will change depending on whether they are studying in London, outside of London, or if they decide to stay with their parent, carer or guardian as well. The tuition fee is not based on household income. So just to let you know about that bit as well. So as well as the student loan support, students can also apply for scholarships and bursaries if they're eligible. And this is non-repayable money gifted to the student. Um, another option as well is that students can work part-time to subsidise their money. They can um, work for the university as a student ambassador or as part of the student union in a, in a cafe or bar. And this is a great first job experience. Um, it's, it's a very supportive environment. You'll be working with other students and the shifts are all organised around your lectures as well, because obviously universities understand that your main priority is your studies. Um, so this sort of work and university balance is, is, is very good. It doesn't mean to say that students can't apply for jobs outside of university and, and apply at local shops and restaurants or bars, but they would need to ensure that their working hours fit around their studies. 
So there are a few ways for students to get access to more money, um, but this will be different for every family and, and how much additional support they require. Do, um, when you're looking at scholarships and bursaries, also bear in mind that if your young person is looking to study a, a health course, there are additional bursaries and grants available. And um, there is also a disability students allowance for those that have a disability as well. So there are little extra pockets of money available for eligible students that um, if you are, if this is something that you're concerned about, do do your research and have a look to see um, what additional funding you, you can you can get to support your young person. Yeah, I, I remember um, when I was applying to university, I was eligible. I think throughout my whole time at university, I was eligible for two um, bursaries that I managed to get. And I also opted to work as a student ambassador, um, which was great for me because uh, in my personal experience, I got to choose my own hours. So it was perfect to fit around my studies. Um, what about you, Katie? What was your sort of experience with that? working side of things so I ended up having a gap year which was a perfect opportunity for me to save some extra money and it not only helped me to feel better prepared but it also just took the stress off of me with um being financially um having that money as well so I had a couple of jobs during my gap year I still had lots of fun though um, and then when I was at university as well I worked part-time for the student union um, and yeah like I mentioned earlier it was just perfect because it worked around my lectures had that extra bit of money and I also built my um, built skills um, within that working environment as well which is all great um, for uh, your CV. Okay, so a question for you, Karina. How can I help my young person choose a course or university? Oh, this is a really good one. Um, so you can aid your young person in choosing their course or university by firstly trying to help them figure out what they actually want to study. Um, and this can be done by doing lots of research. So this includes asking your young person of their interests um, and seeing what courses are available in the UK that relate to these interests. Uh, I think it's also important to know here that you have to remember that what they wish to study is their choice because they are the ones who are going to be um, studying this course for maybe three or maybe four years. Um, so you do have to be super supportive with their decisions. Um, we always recommend looking for courses first and then moving on to universities because the course is the most important aspect of this research. Um, once they have chosen a course, though, you can either look up universities that either offer that course or offer that field of study or by maybe having a look at league tables. There's, there's many ways to look this up. Um, and I think it's also quite important to note that if two universities offer the same course, as in under the same course name, this doesn't necessarily mean that the content or the course structure will be the same. So please don't forget to have a look at what sort of, you know, content is within these courses and these structures um, for different universities. I remember when um, I went to university, there were lots of people on my course who clearly hadn't looked at the course content because they were expecting a much different experience than um, perhaps some of us who had done our research. So I studied um, 
performing arts. And typically, well, from this course name, you would expect there to be singing, dancing, lots of practical elements, but in fact, there wasn't. And so I think those that perhaps hadn't done as much research as they should have done were quite disappointed and they did actually end up leaving. Um, but yeah, that, that's just a personal experience of making sure that you do your research. Definitely. And other aspects can, of that can also include, um, we've mentioned in our previous episodes, the sort of split between exams and coursework. So the same sort of thing applies with practicalities. Um, so yeah, definitely looking into that is super important. Thank you so much for sharing, Katie. Um, Got another question for you, which is in regards to accommodation. So the question is, how can I help my young person choose their accommodation? Fantastic. Okay, so I'm just going to firstly start off by saying that we have got an episode dedicated to um, young people choosing their accommodation. And this is episode seven. So um, feel free to go and have a listen to that for more details about this, but I will give you some, some tips um, in today's episode as well. So initially it's really important to communicate with your young person what it is that they're looking for in accommodation. And so I'm just going to go over some good questions that you could ask your young person, which include, um, would you want to have your own bathroom, um, which is often referred to as an ensuite, or would you mind sharing with um, sharing a bathroom with other people? How many people would you like to share your flat with? And this can vary um, at every university. So at the University of Essex, we we have a wide range of choices and some of the um, accommodation can, can go up all the way up to having 15 other flatmates. That's quite large compared to maybe some other accommodation where you might be sharing with only three other people, for example. So you wanna check how many people they maybe would want to share with. Some other good questions are um, how far away would you like your accommodation to be from campus or your lessons? I think some people assume that all accommodation is right next to their lectures and they can just instantly walk there, but that isn't always the case. Sometimes there's a short walk um, or a bike ride or even a, a bus or tube ride. So you'd wanna think about that distance. Another consideration is thinking about um, catered or non-catered. So some universities offer accommodation that um, you get like a little card or they, they, they scan your thumb <laughs> um, and there's like um, money on there um, that is dedicated to spending in the, um, the food facilities that they have at the university. So students don't have, um, they have minimal cooking facilities within their accommodation and they're expected to go and spend their money in the restaurants and cafes. So they don't have to worry about cooking all the time. Um, but for those with non-catered, they would be provided with shared facilities with a fridge and cooking appliances so that they would have to cook all of their meals. Um, that doesn't mean that they wouldn't be able to go and use the on-campus restaurants, but um, those within catered, that would be what they would be using most of the time. Um, so they're just some of the questions that you can sort of broach with your young person and um, and this will help to define what it is that your young person is looking for. After this, um, it would be great to, to view the accommodation. Um, you can do this virtually if that's an option or even attend a campus visit or open day um, if possible, see what the accommodation looks like and feels like. And you could also ask the students that live there some questions um, and get a sort of realistic opinion on, um, on the accommodation. It's important to remember that there are alternatives 
Students also have the option to privately rent out a one bedroom flat close to their university. Um, lots of students in their second and third year, they often share a flat or a house with other students. Um, so if that is something that they're looking for, you might want to support them with a few flat or house viewings too. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, we do have a podcast episode called Choosing Your Accommodation, and this is episode seven, which is dedicated to helping students decide um, where they want to live when it comes to university. So, yeah, do have a listen to that as well. Karina, this um, can be a difficult um, time for students. Um, so I'm wondering um, how how can so this with this question. How can um, I support my child if they don't get the grades that they were expecting? Great question. Thanks, Katie. So firstly, it's important to know that sometimes universities will accept students if they slightly miss their grades. Um, they'll look into the whole application, including the personal statement, references and any extenuating circumstances. Many young people and their parents or guardians, they don't know much about clearing, uh, but that's why we're here to tell you a little bit more about it. So clearing is a period of time when students have received their results back where uh, universities and colleges fill any places they still have on their courses. So universities will allow you to ring them up as soon as results day and apply to courses that are still on offer. So you can usually fill out an application online um, on the university's website or have an application taken over the phone. Clearing can be used by anyone if they fall into any of the uh, following categories. So this could be if they didn't receive any offers or none that they wanted to accept, um, if they didn't meet the conditions of their offers, uh, if they paid the multi-choice application fee, or if they decided their firm, if they declined, sorry, their firm place using the decline my place button within track. Um, there may be further criteria that can be checked on the UCAS website. This might change year to year, so we'd always recommend having a look. Uh, but it's really important to know that clearing is an option. Thank you, Katie. And um, I've got a question to fire back at you. So the question is, will my child be safe at university? So I, I think that um, lots of parents, carers and guardians um, may be thinking this or might want to know the answer to this because it might be the first time that their young person is leaving home. So naturally, they might feel a bit like, oh, will my will my young person be safe at university? And yes, of, of course they will. If you have any worries um, about it, we'd always obviously advise you to do a bit of research on what support the university um, provides. At the University of Essex, we have 24-hour security available on campus. Um, our accommodation can only be accessed by those that live in the accommodation. Um, and we also have a variety of support available across the university, depending on what the student needs. Um, this could be to do with disability or accessibility, well-being, religion. Um, but yes, always do your research. And we have actually got another podcast episode dedicated to support and safety at university. So again, if you want to find out particular information about the safety of university and some tips on, on this subject area, um, again, you can listen to that in our podcast episode. Karina, um, this is quite an interesting one, um, partly because... Um, Parents, carers and guardians, if they haven't been to university themselves, 
won't maybe understand or may have some sort of um, misconceptions of what student life is like. Um, and so the question is, what is student life like? Right. So life at university is, I mean, it's different for everyone. It depends how you chose to sort of take it and approach it. Um, I think it's stereotypical to assume that it's all about parties as it is up to the individual student on how they want to experience it. Um, it's definitely a time for students to develop their independence, to grow and to find out a little bit more about themselves. If a student decides to live on campus, they'll be living in shared accommodation with other students, attending lectures, seminars um, on the course that they've decided to study. Um, there will be social events for them to attend, um, organized by the university, as well as other things that might be available in the local area. Um, they'll need to do things like do food shopping, cook their meals, do their washing, and there won't be anyone to really bug them about getting their work done. So it will be up to them to organize their time efficiently. Um, some students decide to pick up a part-time job, which can work quite well around their lectures and seminars, or there are longer periods of time, such as Christmas, Easter, and the summer holidays, um, where they could work a seasonal job too. Um, the holidays are a little bit different at university. Um, and some students either decide to either stay at their university or travel back home for these periods. So this can all differ as well. Um, Katie, we have a really interesting question here from um, a parent or guardian, which is, is there a parents evening or progress checks um, at the university? No, there isn't. So sorry to put it bluntly, but at university, students are responsible for their learning and lifestyle. Um, whilst they're there, um, students are independent now. They are going to be um, looking after their day-to-day -day, um, working structure. And so parents are kind of put aside when it comes to university. So there won't be any progress checks or parents' evenings to attend. Um, but there is, a, there is support for parents and guardians. So um, at the University of Essex, there is um, a networking group for parents and guardians who have students at the university and they have a little newsletter that they send out um, to those guardians as well which is quite nice. Okay next question then in terms of preparation um, Karina what other advice can I give to my young person ahead of them starting university? Oh what a great question so Firstly, I, I would recommend helping your young person develop skills in the home to help them prepare for when they have to go at it alone in student accommodation. So this could be things like cooking pasta, ironing clothes, putting a wash on. Um, there's some of the simple things to help prepare them. So it's not such a big deal when it comes to them doing it for the first time. Um, some universities list on their website what their accommodation includes um, and then offer, offer a list of suggested items to pack. Um, over the summer, you can start collecting bits and bobs together. I, I personally looked a lot in charity shops for common items. I'd need to keep the cost down. Um, going onto the university's website and looking at good facilities that they have, um, the welcome week events, sports clubs, societies, it's also a good preparation preparation task. Um, there might be events or clubs that your young person wants to sign up to and you can both get excited about the start of your young person's university experience. Thank you, Karina. Um, I also just wanted to mention that if you are completely lost when it comes to 
working out what it is to pack. Speak to current students. Um, I personally packed way too much and wish I'd spoken to a, a current student at that time. So you can use things like our UniBuddy profiles on our um, at essex.ac.uk slash life slash chat. And you can speak to current students with any questions you have, but also just say, what, what should I be packing? What would you um, what would you recommend? Because you don't want to be that person who either forgets their items or has just got way too much. Um, so, yeah, I just thought I'd, I'd add that in there as well. That's great. Thank you for that, Katie. Um, and I'm going to bounce off another question back to you now. So um, question is, how can I help my young person with exams and revision? Thanks, Karina. Um, schools and colleges may have already provided your young person with tools to aid with revision and exams. There are some great resources online too. People revise better in different ways and, and only through trialling these different methods will, um, will you discover what works best for you. So it might take you and your young person a little while to work out whether it's revision cards or mini presentations or simply trying out test papers. Um, so don't worry if the, the first thing doesn't work for your young person. Um, a, a simple suggestion that um, I'm going to give to our listeners today is perhaps having a calendar um, up somewhere that the whole family can see um, and you can jot in there when exams are or when revision sessions are. And then you can look at adding in scheduled time specifically for revision. And then by working through this together, it will help you both feel at ease and perhaps better prepare um, your young person for their exams. I'd also just suggest speaking to your young person and asking them how you can support them, because some students need more support than others. Um, and that's absolutely fine. So perhaps ask this question first um, and also seek out um your teachers and advisors at, at schools and colleges to see what additional support they can offer too. So linking to this, Karina, I've got a question here. Um, how can I help my young person with their workload stress or anxiety? So I think a key part of it is exactly like what you said um, just now, which is the communication part. Um, I think it's super important to communicate with your young person, ask them what you can do to help and try to support their response as much as you can. So some students may need help uh, when it comes to revision as Katie mentioned, so going over notes, flashcards, whatever it is. Um, others may just need some space to be left alone and really keep their head down and concentrate on their work. Um, I think this is why it's super important to ask them what you can do to help. We would recommend to try and ensure a young person is also getting adequate rest time uh, while they're going through a heavy workload or a stressful time uh, to help them avoid burnout and maintain a healthy balance between working and free time. Um, our second episode of our podcast series is actually called Stress Busting for Students, which provides listeners with lots of tips on how to manage stress and what some of the symptoms of this may be. So if you are interested in hearing more about that, you should definitely give it a listen. Thank you so much, Karina. So we have come to the end of our questions. Thank you to those of you that were able to um, send those in. If you do have any more, um, don't forget that you can send them in via Twitter using the hashtag understandinguni or send an email to outreach at essex.ac.uk. We hope our listeners have learned more about how they can support a young person through their journeys into adult life and have a better knowledge of higher education as a whole.
If you have any questions about this episode, don't forget to send them in via Twitter using the hashtag UnderstandingUni or send an email to outreach at essex.ac.uk. Additional resources will be posted on our website and sent to you via email if you're a registered listener. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to share with your family, friends and colleagues. The University of Essex podcast. Research, experience and information.